You're listening to the Happy People Podcast with Nye Armstrong. Today's guest is Sheikh Yasser Bajas on week two of our Ramadan series with him. We are going to talk about marriage. And so he's really well known for marriage counseling. And we got into it a little bit in last episode, but we're really going to dive into it this one. And the gems that he's spitting are amazing. And if you take nothing else from this, just know that counseling and therapy are just some of the best things you can do for yourself. And it was one of the best things that I did for myself. And he, if you're, (laughs) if he is available, he's somebody I strongly recommend. Um, And I'll put his contact information in the show notes. But without further ado, Shiki Asarajas. Let's connect with happy people. What was one of, because you do teach marriage courses and you do premarital, marital, and what I know you for, because you actually helped me with life coaching after my divorce. Mm -hmm. So you, what would be like one of your um, takeaways from each step of that process? Mm -hmm. Like, what would you, what would you sort of recommend to people for before they get married, mm-hmm. which is the whole thing of like love notes. Yeah. Like what was, what would you recommend for people? Cause you always say it's sort of like you have to go in and assess the vehicle. Right. Yeah. And then during marriage, you, um, maintenance, <laughs> you maintenance every, mm-hmm. every few months or every year mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. What would you say was, is like a big thing for people to take away for before marriage? Here's the thing. We live in an age where, um, there's a, a huge, a huge, I would say, demand on individuality. Uh, we live a radical state of individuality in our time. Everybody wants to be um, uh, the star of themselves. And mm-hmm. that's why social media contributes to that as well. Everybody mm-hmm. has their own uh, blog, their own uh, uh, accounts, uh, their own Instagrams and all the stuff and so on. So everybody's focusing on themselves and trying to make... Uh, uh, stars of themselves. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, in the same process, when people get married, they come with sometimes with some with, with the same selfish mode. Mm-hmm. And when they get married, uh, especially when they hit their twenties and they start, you know, getting into finding a, a partner and so on, that sense of selfishness is still there mm-hmm. because that age with the twenty-five, twenty-four, twenty-five and above, it's more of a um, enrichment phase. It's more of a filtration phase. So people now, they want to do things meaningful to themselves. Mm-hmm. They're looking for what's beneficial for them. So what I recommend for young men and women in that age group who are about to get married, or even older than that, as a matter of fact, they have to learn about the other party more than they learn about themselves. Because you might think you know yourself, but what you need to really to start learning is how to, how to put yourself in the shoes of your partner Mm-hmm. the shoes of your spouse or spouse-to-be. So at least you will have the different perspective. Instead of taking it only one direction, you always take it, you know, both both sides. Mm-hmm. So I always recommend them to do premarital. They have to do premarital with professionals. I do pastoral counseling, which means I, I combine between spirituality, between, you know, psychology, my coaching, you know, uh, uh, degree as well and all that stuff. So... I do all of that, and I help people, you know, packaging things from a spiritual perspective, religious perspective, psychological perspective, and so on. But definitely, whoever's getting married, they have to humble themselves and go and spend a few uh, hundred dollars on a life 
I would say, changing experience. Mm -hmm. uh, because taking, you know, that training, it's going to last for them uh, a life, you know, yani experience. Mm -hmm. Not just for the, for, the time, for, for, the, for the beginning of the relationship. So I always recommend for them to, to do premarital. Again, I repeat the word humbleness. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of our young men and women, they're excited about uh, the wedding day more than anything else. It's more of a status symbol than it is actually it's, it's a, social a, join, a joining of a union. A lot of people focusing on the theme of the wedding, the colors, the, the menu, who mm -hmm. comes, who doesn't come, the photographers, the this and that and so on. So, which is beautiful. I'm not saying this is wrong or this is haram. But we're not really focusing on what comes next. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be for one or two, three days, and then a few weeks, just, you know, and then we're going to put everything on the side. It's and no longer having. a party. It is, <laughs> absolutely. It's going to be the real thing right now. Yeah. So people, they need to prepare themselves for the real thing ahead of time. And I hope that this will, uh, will give them at least an idea on what they need to look for when they move forward in the relationship. And I've seen a lot of my clients, one, a lot of my students who I met l later in my life, and they say, you know what? I appreciate, you know, this class. I appreciate this, this experience. I appreciate the counseling you did for us. I mean, a lot of people benefit from that. I'm glad and happy that it's working. Yeah, so the Alma group class that sort of focuses on premarital would be love notes. More like love notes, yes. Yeah. Actually, love notes is two parts. One, it's premarital yeah. and, and also maintenance. Yeah. So the first part of it is helping people, you know, getting married, mm -hmm. what they should be looking for and how to look about, about it and what to do and this and that. And the other side is, is actually when, once you get married, you start having issues, mm -hmm. how to deal with these issues. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of people, they think that marriage is, uh, uh, it ends with the title, of course, and they lived happily ever after. But that's not true. Mm -mm. Uh, there is a lot of up and down. And you only know that you lived happily ever after four years later. That's when you look back and you're just like, wow, what a journey we had. Mm -hmm. All the ups and downs and difficulties, you know, becomes part of the journey. Yeah. And that's something people they need to expect so they can always be prepared to solve issues instead of, you know, just quitting so quickly. Yeah. I remember when I took it, I was in the middle of my separation process from my diver divorce. It was really... Mm -hmm. It was a really interesting time to take that class mm -hmm. because you listed off of, what, 12 red flags? Mm -hmm. And I was only missing two. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I wish I, I really wish I took this class mm -hmm. and had this knowledge or even just this perspective and not just like stubbornly marching when mm -hmm. the entire universe is telling me stop. Yeah. But alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, it all worked out for the best. Now, for like newlyweds and sort of uh, the struggle of the marriage and getting into sort of the nitty gritty of a union, mm -hmm. you s said before empathy. Mm -hmm. Like, is that something you talked about when you're in Bosnia, how you learned humility and also empathy? Is that mm -hmm. something that you have to cultivate constantly mm -hmm. in yourself? Absolutely. I mean, that's even the, the recommendation and the advice of the Prophet Muhammad himself. Mm -hmm. When he said, khayrukum, khayrukum li ahli. Wa ana khayrukum li ahli. He says, the best amongst you are those of the best of their families. It means wives. And I am my be I'm at the best of my family. So basically he says, look at my example and see for yourself. Mm -hmm. And if we study the, the example of the Prophet, وسلم, peace be upon him, he was always there. You know, helping his family, taking care of things for them. Like Aisha, his wife used to say, when he's around the house, he takes care of things for us. He does the chores around the house as well. And he's the messenger, the busiest man on earth, mm -hmm. the, 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 the one who's supposed to be focusing on the entire world. But that doesn't mean he's not going to have a few minutes just to take care of things for his family. Mm -hmm. She said he would even take care of his own clothes. He would uh, fix his shoe 
if, if, if it breaks or something. He would even sometimes help with the food. Like, for example, he would milk the goat for them. And that's the messenger. So you can imagine he's, he's actually, he is helping around the house. When I teach my classes, uh, Love Notes class, and I, I'm in the survey, we ask women what do they need the most from their husbands. Mm-hmm. The number one thing, always the number one thing, is actually acts of service. Mm-hmm. They want someone who is spontaneously, you know, can help without being told mm-hmm. because he cares. And that's something you could see it in the life of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. So when we see the Prophet Muhammad himself, he was that. It is the main characteristic for husband and wife if they want to maintain a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. You have to care about each other. It's not just about uh, loving each other, but also caring for each other. It's in the Quran, in, in the chapter of Rum, Surah Al Rum, uh, verse 32. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَمِنْ آيَاتِ أَنْ خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مِنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ أَزْوَاجًا لِتَسْكُنَ Among his signs is this That he had created for you from amongst yourself your spouse For what reason? Uh, to find peace and tranquility with each other But then a lot of people who are mad They say I don't find peace and tranquility with my spouse I said yeah because you're forgetting about the ingredients that will bring you that The, next, the ayah continues and says وَجَعَلَ بَيْنَكُمْ مَوَدَةً وَرَحْمَةً And place between your hearts love and mercy, passion and compassion. Mm-hmm. You see, a lot of people, especially in our time, they focus on the passion part, mm-hmm. the romance, the sunsets, you know, the, the beautiful uh, days and nights yeah. and all that stuff and so on. Mm-hmm. They forget about the compassion. Right. And that's why the selfishness kicks in. Mm-hmm. With compassion, we balance things. Even though I need something for myself, but I still care about you. Mm-hmm. And I keep that compassion. Yeah. So that's when, we, when, you, when you sympathize and empathize and, you know, you put yourself in the shoes of your spouse and you understand their point of view. Yeah, she's upset. Yeah, he's upset. But you know what? Maybe I wronged him. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was my fault. You know what? It's, my, it's her fault anyway, but still I'm going to say I apologize because I like to fix things for her. Mm-hmm. And eventually, if you, if you always think it that way, uh, everything's going to fall into, into the right place. One of the things people come to, uh, you know, when they come for counseling and I ask them what exactly they're looking for, the common thing they say, I want to know what is my right, what is my obligation. I said, frankly, it's the easy thing for me to tell you, but it's not going to solve you the problem. I said, what do you mean? I said, listen, Allah didn't say he placed between them rights and obligations. He said he placed between them love and mercy. So if you work on your love and your mercy, rights and obligations will fall in the right place, no matter what. Mm-hmm. People start fighting and arguing over rights and obligations when they start, you know, running out of love and, and, and mercy for each other. Right. So I said, let's recalibrate. Let's not talk too much about what I need to do, what I need to uh, give, mm-hmm. as much as let's talk about loving each other and having mercy for another. One way of doing that is to uh, holding yourself to a high standard of character, which is really, it's the ultimate uh, you know, goal of everything. No matter what, whether you're dealing with your spouse, with your child, with your parents, with a friends, with a foe, with uh, whatever, if you maintain a high standard of character, then you will find compassion somewhere. Mm-hmm. And you'll find love at some point. Is there ever a point when you have two people and there's no going back? Mm. That there, there's only, like, when they get to that line, is there a line that is crossed where you're like, plus this, this relationship should be finished? Or can you always bring it back with mm-hmm. work? Well, I, I've seen people come into my office with divorce papers, and now they have an extra child. 
uh, I've seen that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they bought a house and they have other you know, things, they moved into the life and so on. So alhamdulillah, it works. Mm-hmm. Counseling work really, helping people would work and, and uh, I've seen it. But I also have seen in some other scenarios where I could pres- personally predict that it's not going to go anywhere. And I don't, I don't really recommend for people to throw the towel. Uh, I keep telling people from the very beginning that I'm not here to tell you to go for divorce. I'm here to try to fix your marriage. You, you have a pretty uncanny ability because I've talked to you about certain situations and, mm-hmm. you're, and never put anybody's name to anything. Uh, and you predicted everything. And I was just like, <laughs> my God, this mm-hmm. is insane. Um, but, yeah, it's, it has to be you just keep seeing patterns over and repeating and just see the signs and yeah. that kind of thing. I mean, I've been doing this for the past 20 years. Yeah. Uh, it becomes more like a blink. Which means uh, you can tell. Mm-hmm. Based on the circumstances, you can predict that. Mm-hmm. You see, the number one thing I believe that causes people to lose, of course, you know, uh, interest in the relationship is the, their inability or undesirability to, uh, um, uh, to compromise to the next level. Right. Uh, there's always, we always put for ourselves a cap and we say, this is it. Like, I've done this one too many times. Exactly. So I would say, how about we do it one extra time? So if, they, if we can break that line and go for one extra mile, I guarantee things can be better. But when people come and that's it, they just, we're done. I can't do anything, mm-hmm. no more. It's hard really to convince people uh, if they decided that they're not going to try again. Well, I have a question. And this is sort of, sort of me coming from my experiences. I would, during my marriage... I would look, read into books, and I would read, but my husband, zero effort, would, I don't want to say zero effort, because that's, it's just from my perspective, Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) because there's two sides of every coin, right, Uh, but he refused to go to counseling, he refused to read any, any of the things that Mm -hmm. I would, Mm -hmm. when you have somebody that's super active, and then somebody that has no interest in, only wants to stay whatever, is broken mm-hmm. just stay that course mm-hmm. is there any way that one person can sort of like infiltrate that and actually get them to become more active in that process frankly it's going to be um survival survival mm-hmm. relationship that's it yeah meaning um if a person the other party is not interested at all mm-hmm. to do anything mm-hmm. there isn't much really can be done about it other than you compromise to a certain level like you you reduce the relationship to a thir- certain threshold that you feel not necessarily comfortable with, but at least accepting it as a survival. Like roommates. Very much. You see, in the Quran, it was mentioned Surah An-Nisa. Allah mm-hmm. subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about if, when imra'atun khafat min ba'liha nushuzan aw i'radan. So if, a, if a, a woman fears her husband from her husband's rebellion or rejection, uh, what can we do in this situation? So the suggestion that was mentioned, قال, فلا جناح عليهم أن يصلح بينهما صلحا. There's no harm on them to reach a settlement. What kind of settlement we're talking about? That settlement is to reduce the relationship to the minimum while still keeping, you know, married to each other. Why? People, they stay married for many, many reasons. The number one reason for them to stay and accepting such a um, not so, you know, promising relationship is children. 
So this is just for the kids. So they want to stay together for the kids until the kids reach certain age, and then that's it. That's it. They might separate and they might move on with their lives. Mm-hmm. That's the number one reason for people to stick together. Is it healthy? I don't think it's healthy. If the relationship is difficult and bad, yeah. sometimes it's healthier for the children, you know, having their parents separated and having them together fighting all the time. Yeah. So, again, it depends. But people do have the right to do so. But I usually see if a person is being very stubborn, unwilling to, uh, 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 to compromise or even take part of, you know, developing the relationship and so on, for me it would be a matter of time. Yeah. Is there any hope for anybody to recalibrate or recover from that? Absolutely. I've seen it. Yeah. I mean, I had some cases where some, some ladies, they come and they... I suggest that the husband should come because we need to talk to the, to the other party as well to get him involved in the conversation. But the lady, she would say, impossible. Like one sister, she even she said, on oh, my dead body, he's not going to come. And there is no way he will come. But he yeah. did. Oh, wow, mashallah. He did. Eventually he did. And uh, when, I, when I asked why he showed up, he said, well, I don't know what you've been telling her, but I just want you to know that it's working. So I want to see what you've shared with her so I can at least you know, be part of this. Wow, what a wake-up call. It, it, it happened. Yeah. And it happened multiple times. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, they have bias against, again, counseling or against uh, advice from a stranger mm-hmm. because they don't want anyone to meddle into their personal affairs, which mm-hmm. I understand. But I did my best to keep people as comfortable as possible and let them know that, hey, listen, this is voluntarily, which means anytime you can quit, it's up to you. But just give me the chance. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that they give me the chance because once they have the first session, a lot of them, they actually continue. Yeah. yeah. It, it really, it, you, I can see, because I know people that have done um, counseling with you and it just makes a complete difference. Um, it makes a good relationship better. Mm-hmm. And it makes um, a better relationship the best. And it's like... There's always room for improvement. Exactly, yeah. See, what I do, I do premarital, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for, for couples about to get married. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, most of those who took premarital with me, actually, they're already married. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't take it before they got married. And then the moment they got married, just like, oops, what's going on? <laughs> so let's, let's kind of try to yeah. start from the beginning. Yeah. The second thing we do is called marriage coaching. Marriage coaching is for couples who already been married for some time. Maybe they have kids or not. And now the relationship is going into stagnation. See, the, the reason why it's going into stagnation because it's just like the water. When the water stops running and it becomes stagnant, mm-hmm. that will start getting bad and become smelly. And mm-hmm. then bugs start, you know, thriving there. And then you imagine what it would look like. Yeah. Be- very uh, uh, infestation you know, takes place in there. The relationship is the exact same thing. If we stop working on the relationship because we're taking it for granted, because I've done my part, or at least, you know what, I'm too busy because I've done this, I'm doing that, that's when the relationship starts running mm-hmm. into the right direction. And as a result, it starts getting, you know, infested with all these problems and then starts exploding with all these issues. Yeah. Uh, so for the, wa- for the marriage to, to, uh, to become fresh again or refresh the marriage, we have to, you know, kind of break that levy and let the water run mm-hmm. and, 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 and move on. People put their guards up and high. We have to break that levy and that guard, you know, and let the water run so they can become smooth. Similar relationship, just like cycling. Yeah. In order for the bike to stay balanced, you have to continue pedaling. Mm-hmm. Once you stop pedaling, you start running on momentum for some time. And then if you continue like this without pedaling again because you gain the momentum, mm-hmm. you're going to lose balance and fall. When people download their problems to you, do you ever... How do you not keep that within you? Mm-hmm. How do you just sort of like shuck it off and go about your daily life? Because I'm sure you're privy to a lot of 
extra baggage that can easily be strapped onto you. Absolutely. Well, there's something called in psychology called counter-transference, mm-hmm. in which you know uh, there's a chance and a possibility for the counselor to start projecting their clients, you know, cases on themselves, and that becomes very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Alhamdulillah, I came to 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 train myself and also you know of course through experience to build an emotional firewall. So you empathize with the people, but don't necessarily sympathize, which means you have to care, but not to the extent to get out of your way. To, to help them out because they need you still to be solid uh, and they need you to they need someone who's sensible who can maybe bring them to their senses in an emotional situation like that mm-hmm. um, uh, of course obviously as much as possible I don't take things personal and I t- teach people you know from the very beginning if anything goes personal that's it we quit we're done I'm going to have to refer to somebody else Right. It has to stay professional. We have to, pay, to stay on the, on the course, on, on the plan, on, on, on you know, the, uh, uh, the suggestion we, we, we give and we do. That's how it works usually. And again, I try my best not to take anything personal, but I still have, I invest actually in the relationship that people they bring to me because once they entrust me with their relationship, it becomes my duty to do everything I can to help them out. Mm-hmm. But I separate between helping out from that perspective and taking it too much personal myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, like, with my job, sometimes people tell me stuff, and I can totally understand, empathize but not sympathize. I think I sympathize too much, and then it just becomes in my head, and I take it home, and I think about it, and I'm like, oh, God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, okay, that's really good advice for me. (laughs) You have to build that firewall, otherwise it, it, it... you will run out of energy, really. You mm-hmm. won't be able to able to handle these issues. Yeah, it like becomes a succubus. Absolutely, and again, but the same thing. The the people, you know, when they come to you, they don't have filter in that moment. Right. So they throw everything. Mm-hmm. I learned from that from my experience is to try to help them focus. So when they start going, you know, off track, I bring them back with questions. Yeah. Okay. What about this? How about this? Can we do this? What do, What do you think of that? Because I want them to be focused on the issues. I understand that they have to let everything out, mm-hmm. but there has to be an action item. We need to know what we can do about that. That's mm-hmm. the most important thing for us. Yeah. Um, once, if, like, a lot of the people that go through divorce mm-hmm. find life after very difficult in finding their equi- equilibrium, um, I remember when I went through life coaching with you, it was very much finding your stability again. Um, how would you guide somebody that's sort of like fresh from that mm-hmm. into sort of a more stable? Um, I remember, <laughs> I don't remember exactly what you said, but every session that we had, I'd be crying and you, and, I, and then I'd apologize for crying. And you go, you're a broken vase. <laughs> when you, what was that? What did what do you say? What it was? Do you remember? No, I don't remember. And you were exactly. like, you go, you go. Every time, every time you try to fill a broken vase, it's going to leak, and you're just you're just leaking right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I was just like, oh, okay, that makes sense, I guess. <laughs> well, here's the thing, Subhanallah. I learned that from the Quran as well, mm. and from the practice of the Prophet. You know uh, that the number one thing that causing us to um, feel an anxiety and, and go through uh, panic attacks and all the stuff and so on, regardless of the circumstances, whether it's a divorce case or a loss of a loved one or anything of that matter, the number one reason for that is, honestly, is expectation. Because mm-hmm. we expect our life to be perfect. Yeah. Now, as Muslims, I believe that 
perfection was not meant for this life. Right. It's a reward to be given in the hereafter, mm-hmm. in the most perfect place, paradise. Mm-hmm. So people, their biggest issue is expecting perfection in the imperfect world. And as a result, when things go wrong, they just be surprised. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. The Quran is an open book exam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that he will test you. He's not testing you because you're bad. He's testing you because he says he's going to test everybody. Right. And when he tests you with something difficult, it doesn't mean he hates you. It's just like he said, I'm going to test you with good and bad. Yeah. So basically, we get surprised when we're tested. Although the exam has been you know, displayed in the Quran for the past 1400 years. Mm-hmm. But people still feel surprised by why me? I'm the religious person. I'm the good guy. I'm the this and that. Well, why not? That's the question. Mm-hmm. So just because you're good, it doesn't mean you're not going to be tested. Yeah. So that's one thing we have to understand. The second thing, again, the whole idea of perfection. People, they strive for perfection in the wrong place. Uh, and one of the ideas of perfection is what I, I've uh, developed that theory from Surah Al-Takathur, speaking about the different levels of certainty that we're trying to acquire in this world. Mm-hmm. Everything we do, we're doing it because we want to be certain about it. Because certainty gives us peace and tranquility that removes uncertainty, that removes anxiety and, 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 and all these things. But when we try to find certainty, we're trying to find it by trying to take control of everything in our life. Mm-hmm. If I can control everything, at least I'm in charge, so I know where things are going to go, so I'll keep things in my hand. Well, it's true, if you keep things in your hand, you are going to feel safer because, again, you're just uh, controlling yourself. Like we, the other day, we were actually on a couple's retreat, and one of the sisters, she had to drive up the mountain. She had to drive the, the car herself mm-hmm. while her husband on the side. Why? Because she was so freaking, freaking out from the, from, the, from the experience. She said, if I don't drive the car myself, I won't be able to manage up there. Right. So she had to be in control. Mm-hmm. She was willing to take the risk of driving on that mountain. But because she's the one in control, she felt safer. Similarly, in our life, everybody's trying to take control of things. Well, I keep telling people, no matter how much control you, you can keep in your hand, at the end of the day, you're going to be tested. Yeah. So therefore, you have to focus on what you can control, and that is the effort. The result is not for you to control. Mm-hmm. Even if you've done everything by the book, you can get negative results. Not because you did wrong, it's because this is your test, how you're going to re- react to it. Mm-hmm. So once again, I tell people, just relax and focus on your effort and let the results to be in the hand of Allah Azza wa Jal. Accept it. Mm-hmm. Accept it. The Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, he said that, mm-hmm. The affair of the believer is always good for them. If, good, some, if, if something good happens to them, they will be grateful and that's good for the believer. And if something bad happens to them, they'll show patience and that's also good for the believer. And only a true believer will act like this. Mm-hmm. So as a true believer, I try my best when there's an atrocity, I show patience. When there's a prosperity, I show gratitude. That doesn't guarantee that I'll get what I'm asking for if I do that because mm-hmm. tests come from all over. Yeah. Now. What would say what would be the biggest test you've had to face yourself? That's a tough question. I have some of them. Well, I have, I have many, but yeah. uh, honestly, I, I never made them an obstacle to uh, move forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just face things, deal with them, and move on. Face mm-hmm. things, deal with them, and move on. Again, I taught myself not to worry about the results. Right. Because this is not my business. I cannot control the results. I can only control the effort that I could make, and that's all what I do. 
Mm-hmm. So you don't have like something that you struggle internally with on a constant basis. Oh, I do. I do have. Yeah. S- I have so many. I have so many. But I taught myself not to make these obstacles or these act or these challenges. Uh, I will call them challenges. I don't want them to to uh, um, to ruin my life. Yeah, you don't want them to be your definition. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, they exist. They're gonna exist in my life, and they will continue to exist. Probably. I don't mm-hmm. know for how long, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna have to deal with them. Very Tai Chi. As much as I can. Yeah. I tried. I have to deal with them because, again, I don't want these things to hold me back. Yeah. I'll continue to move forward. Mm-hmm. I keep reminding myself: if you're gonna fall, always fall forward. Because when you fall forward, you still gain two more steps as well when you pick up, you know, from the slack from there. Yeah. That's good. Instead yeah. of, you know, following backward and go backward. No, I will fall forward and keep moving mm-hmm. all the time. I do my best. 